Spalon Montage is the Twin Cities premier salon and spa destination and proud official hair sponsor of the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders. With three convenient locations in Edina, Woodbury, and Chanhassen, there is a Spalon close to you. Visit online at Spalon.com. What is going on? Welcome to the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi. My name is Gabe Henderson. I'm alongside Vikings.com's Tatum Everett, Jay Nelson, and our producer, Eric Davidson. Today on the show, we are talking all things NFL playoffs. We're going to discuss in particular the NFC North and just what is going on with the team. Uh, Two states over the Detroit Lions and helping us break that down is our friend, Mr. Hobie Arteague. Of course, we all know Hobie Arteague. He worked at Fox 9, just an amazing anchor, even better person. But more importantly, he's back in Detroit um, working at the local four news station there in Hobie. It has just hearing your voice. Tatum brought it up early. Just hearing your voice uh, before we started today's show is just warming to the heart. But two, how are you, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Loving Detroit. Uh, It's where my wife grew up. So we're we're back in one of our home states, and uh, it's it's been great from a personal standpoint, but also from a professional standpoint to be able to watch the growth of this Detroit Lions team has been absolutely phenomenal. It's probably the perfect storm of things to be happening right now, and now you're seeing it pay off as they get ready to play in the NFC Championship game for the first time <laughs> since 1991. That's so crazy. Who knew? All Detroit needed was Hobie to move there in order to become <laughs> super successful, right? Yeah, Michigan won the national championship. There you Got go. To cover that. Uh, now the Lions are having their best season in three decades. So <laughs> I know your wife, though, is a Michigan State fan, so I'm surprised that she, you even mentioned that. Yes, yeah, she's, uh, she's at work right now, and I'm at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully she doesn't listen to this podcast today, but we're, <laughs> we're excited to have you on, man. I was going to say, Hobie, uh, kind of the idea of Michigan – Football fans in general just have had an insane season so far. Like, how are they actually handling this so far? Kind of like the team taking it all in stride. Because a lot of people at the beginning of the season going into it, especially from a Lions perspective, there was a lot of optimism, especially with the way they ended the season, beating the Packers. Uh, Jamal Williams had his big speech at the end of the game. He's no longer with the team. But I think that created a spark of this could become something special. And a lot of people were hopeful whenever they went to Kansas City and then they won that game. And then after that, they just kind of optimistically looked toward the end of this season. And and here you are. I think a lot of people are starting to believe in this team right now, though with the way they finished the season and the way they've played in the playoffs with beating the Rams and taking down Matthew Stafford to beating the Bucks to earn this trip to take on San Francisco. I think a lot of people are starting to believe, kind of like the, the old Ted Lasso saying, <laughs> this is kind of like the Ted Lasso of the NFL. The <laughs> Richmond of the NFL. There we go. That's a great analogy. I love it. Just you've, you've been to Ford Field prior to working uh, in Detroit, correct? No, actually, the first time really? I went was uh, was whenever I started working here. Wow, I guess from from my perspective of understanding that year, twenty twenty one, where the Lions were o ten and one, they beat us on that last touchdown to Amon Ross St. Brown to where they are now. You, you, I mean, you were in Minneapolis, you were covering the Vikings that game, and you understood just how deflated Detroit was to now where you see them now being in Detroit. How would you describe that? It is a total 180. I mean, and and Gabe, you actually bring that point up. And I look at a lot of things in like, whenever you look at success stories, kind of like a timeline of events. Mm -hmm. That moment where Amon Ross St. Brown caught that pass for their first win of the season. I think that is, that that was kind of a spark that Mm. lit all of this chain reaction, if you will. 
Um, I talked to him earlier in the locker room uh, after that game against the Bucks, and I said, he's a guy who's always been motivated, but I asked him to describe just this team's motivation. And he, he went back to his rookie year, and he mm. said, a lot of people, whenever you're drafted by the Lions, you hear from people from the outside, and they say, oh, they're no good. You're never going to do anything in Detroit, but look at us now. Mm. And there were so many guys from that draft class. Panay Sewell, who's also an all-pro tackle for this team, he was in that draft class. And you look at the rookies that they have right now. And then Jared Goff, they're putting him in successful spots to be able to play. And the defense is making all the right plays at the right time. But a lot of it is the guys who have been here for a long time finally seeing that the, the hard times pay off, if you will. Love it. Yeah, that's it's true, though. I think I think you just hit the nail on the head with it being a carryover from the end of last season. But I think a lot of teams really struggle sometimes with putting it all together throughout a 18-week, 17-game season. How do you think the Lions have been able to sustain through the ups and downs of the year, only to have this momentum heading into the biggest game, you know, they've played in, in what, 30 years, you said? Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. And 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 you say that that number, 30 years, and I'll, I'll go back to your question. And I know it's, it's coach speak, it's one game at a time, but Jared Goff has said constantly throughout this season in the locker room, whether it was at the beginning of the year, midway through here at the end, he says, we don't carry the weight of the last 30 years on our shoulders. This is a completely new team. And I think that that's the idea that Dan Campbell instilled in this team. And they kind of took it and are still running with it with the way they play. Because so many people here, they, they've used the term same old Lions for the last three decades. Lions gone Lions. And brand new Lions is the new term that everybody wants to use. But I think it goes back to they want to make their own mark on this franchise. They don't want to look at the past. Their sole focus is on the future. Because going into that game against the Rams, yeah, Matthew Stafford was coming back to Detroit, but Jared Goff was also playing his old team. And a lot of people wanted to win it for him, but he was treating it as, no, I'm the quarterback of this team here. And I I think that's what has carried this team a long way, is that they have not looked in the rearview mirror at all. They look at what is directly in front of them, and that has been what's paid off for them the most. They don't have to look back, but I'm going to for half a second here. <laughs> the Kind of the question on my end is they haven't lost back-to-back games since week eight of last season. The front half of that season was was abysmal, and then all of a sudden they just went on a tear starting week nine last season through this season. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that they can cite as like this was the spark that changed our mindset or where things started to click is there an is there something that happened halfway through last season where they just kind of threw out the playbook and started over or what what do they attribute their success to right now i think believing in each other i i i think that's the only thing i can say i i I don't know if that's the right answer like statistically they play great football because they've always found a way to bounce back and i think i think it goes back to they don't perseverate on the bad things that have happened they only keep moving forward. And I know, and that's such a hard thing to do, but Dan Campbell has been such a great motivator for this team. Because as we were talking before we even started the show, he's a guy who played for this Lions team, was on that 0-16 team. And I think that players, whenever you have a guy that has played the game and is now your leader, I think that they view leadership in a different context. And I think you see that with the Vikings to an extent with Kevin O'Connell. Whatever you have somebody who has played the game, that, that their words carry a little more weight. And I think that him keeping 
things in perspective and in focus has carried them from week to week. Yeah, Hobie, you've been around several coaches throughout your career in broadcasting, mm-hmm. and Dan Campbell just seems like you get what you see kind of guy, but what what is it like to be around him at his press conferences when you see mm-hmm. him interact with players during practice? Like, what is he like and where does he rank as someone you've been impressed with? Number one, because he's genuine. What you see is not an act. Whenever he came into the league and he got hired, Uh, a year ago, or not a year ago, a few years ago in uh, 2021, whenever he took over um, as the head coach of the Lions, a lot of people made fun of him for the kneecap comments and climbing your way to the top. But that was him just speaking from the heart. And a lot of people wanted to make fun of it, but that was him just speaking his mind. And that that is who you get. That is who you get. he, He also, whenever you ask him a question, you bring up press conferences, when you ask him a question, he genuinely wants to answer it in the most open and genuine way possible. It's refreshing. I bet. It, it, is, it, it, is, it is very refreshing um, to see someone so real. But also, from that perspective, you see why players gravitate towards someone like that. Because if he's like that with the media, imagine what he's like with players. That's a, that's a really good point because whenever you can – get buy-in from your players, that ultimately makes your team better, right? Yeah. But, I mean, we we saw a little bit on, on hard knocks just how the players started to believe last summer, and uh, Detroit immediately became uh, America's, dar- te- I guess, darling team. But understanding that the, the guys are buying in, uh, Detroit is probably going to be a, a good landing spot for future free agents. How does that look for the rest of the NFC North, including the Vikings? That's it. That uh, I'll be honest with you, Gabe. Whatever you, uh, whatever you bring up, the rest of the, the division, mm-hmm. the Lions moving forward, at least in the next year or two. Whatever you look at the the bird's eye view, if you will, mm-hmm. they are the team to me with the fewest amount of big questions moving forward. That is that is the one thing that jumps out to me because. Jared Goff still has, I believe, another year left on his deal. I, I believe there was talk of an extension happening, um, I read. Um, but also you look at the young players who are having so much success. Jameer Gibbs, who they drafted. Sam Laporta, who they drafted. Brian Branch, who they drafted. There are no glaring spots in free agency overall. I mean, they have some interior offensive linemen that are coming up. And on the back end of their defense, C.J. Garner-Johnson signed a one-year deal going into this season. But there are no glaring spots of it's like uh maybe this won't work in the future for right now their their window is kind of now and it might stay open for a, another few years especially with the way they have this thing set up well that's not the answer we want to hear yeah, like what about the i mean you <laughs> i mean that, that's the last thing you want to hear on mvp this is turning to the, the detroit lions podcast yeah, this is definitely the uh dlp right now but when you talk about it when you look at it from a vikings perspective because you know you've you i feel like you're still a minnesotan at like we still claim you hobie no matter whether you wherever you go just from a Vikes perspective, what does that look yeah. like going forward in the NFC North? For me, you got to figure out the quarterback position. That that that's question number one. What what is that answer going to be moving forward? Brian Flores' defense was great this season. Um, they made the big plays when they needed to, kind of like how this this Lions team is playing. But whenever Kirk Cousins went out, you saw the 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 Vikings kind of change course. And I'm I'm curious as to if Kirk Cousins stayed healthy for the rest of the season what would this division have looked like? Mm. I think that's one big question um, because the Bears got hot toward the end of the year. Um, what's going to happen with them moving forward? Is Justin Field their guy? Personally, I think he should be. And uh, you build around him, especially with what he showed you in the last few games. The game he played 
against the Lions toward the end of the season was absolutely incredible. And also, the you, you look at what the Packers are bringing to the table. I didn't have them going into Dallas and winning that game. I did not have them going into San Francisco and almost upsetting the number one seed in the NFC, but there they were. As for the Vikings, I think the number one question you have to figure out is, what is the quarterback position going to look like for you moving forward, especially in a league where that position gets more and more important every single season, it seems. Is there something that the Lions have done that, you know, the Vikings can also look at here moving forward? I mean, we've got... Uh, you know, roster turnover happening, contracts that are going to be coming up. You know, what was kind of the secret sauce for the Lions to be able to go from what they had been basically for the last 30 years to where they are today? This year, uh, Jay, honestly, draft well. So many people said that they reached on Jameer Gibbs at number 12 whenever they selected him. And you saw what he did in the fourth quarter against the Bucks the other day. He absolutely took over that game and kind of sealed the game for the Lions to be able to advance. And then look at what Sam Laporta has done. He's breaking uh, rookie tight end records left and right this season. Uh, And then Brian Branch, who missed some time this season, but whenever he was uh, in games, I mean, he made his mark on the defense in game one. He picked off Patrick Mahomes and returned it for a touchdown. Um, And he's consistently showed up every year. And then they drafted Jack Campbell as well, who's kind of working his way into that uh, linebacker rotation. Um, But I I can't emphasize enough just how much um, they've drafted well. And then – Gabe, you brought up Amon Ross St. Brown earlier, who had that touchdown for their first win back in 2021. Mm-hmm. He was drafted in the fourth round, and it's turned out to be one of, if not the best wide receiver from that class overall. Yeah. Jamar Chase is in that class as well, and he's put together a stellar career with the Bengals. But Amon Ross consistent, and I think that just hitting on every single spot in the draft is what this team has done well in the last few years, and that's afforded them the opportunity to have the window that they've created for themselves right now. So for them, the kind of the idea of drafting to supplement what they currently had, you know, there's a lot of veteran leadership on that roster currently that you mm-hmm. know are in key spots like Jared Goff. But if all yeah. of a sudden Goff goes ahead and gets some sort of an extension and starts to get, you know, a little bit larger percentage of that salary cap, how yeah. does that affect the rest of the roster? Because like, what are they looking at? Are there any major people that are going to be coming up here free agent wise that are they're in uh, uh, detriment and peril to possibly lose? Jonah Jackson, I believe, is an impending free agent, uh, and he is their guard who uh, got hurt in the last game against the Bucks. We'll see if he's going to play uh, against the 49ers this week. Um, important piece, especially on in the interior, and he's kind of been a staple on that offensive line over the last couple of years. But on the back end, C.J. Gardner-Johnson is probably uh, one of the biggest ones, and he signed, like I said earlier, he signed a one-year deal, um, and he missed a majority of the season. And he's kind of in a safety rotation right now, because whenever he went out, they had to play guys like Ify Melifonwu, who has made an impact on this team as well. He had a sack on Baker Mayfield. Um, and I think, again, just drafting well and finding those young players who might fly under the radar and develop, developing them well is what's kind of paying off right now. But luckily they have quite a few young guys on the roster that they can build around just in case somebody like Jared Goff uh, takes a bigger percentage of the salary cap. Well, Hobia, are you headed to the Bay Area? Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. What, are you, what are your expectations in this, I guess? It's going to be, you know, I mean, to me, it's 
this is a really, really appealing NFC championship round. It's a very appealing Ooh. championship round in general. I think the two matchups are a little bit of what we expected, but also really excited about seeing them. What do you expect from this Lions 49ers game? For both teams, it's quarterback play that, that drives the league. That's what I said earlier. But I think for both teams, it's going to be who stops the run better. Um, <laughs> DMC is, can be absolutely unstoppable whenever you watch what he was able to do against the Packers. But in that same respect, what the Packers were able to do with Aaron Jones in running the football against San Francisco really created the potential for them getting the upset. And David Montgomery for the Lions did not have a great game last time out, but he has been a workhorse all se- all season long. And you add in Jameer Gibbs too. I think that they have the ability to run the ball. But beyond that, I think it's going to be taking care of it. I was looking up some stats earlier uh, last week going into the Bucks game. And the Lions are undefeated this season when Jared Goff does not have a turnover in the game. Wow. Undefeated. And that's not the story whenever he does. So I think that that's going to be a very crucial thing because he's played turnover-free football here in the playoffs. And that's done this team a great deal of help. He had a couple of close ones, one against the Rams and then one against the Bucks, where he almost threw it uh almost threw a pick in the end zone. So I think that that's going to be a, a, a big catalyst and also for the defense. They've given up big plays. They've given up big yards to C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Puka. Uh, last week, Mike Evans went off. But they always find a way to make one more play that's bigger than what their opponent did. Last week, they started the game with a pick, and they ended the game with a pick. Um, I think that's going to be the recipe. They need to play on offense, turnover, free football, establish the run, and on defense, uh, give up big plays, but just make bigger ones. I look forward to clipping out that chunk right there for the Hobie Artigue jinx after this weekend if something like that were to happen. <laughs> well, look, the, the, the line is minus Don't seven. Don't blame it right. on me, Jay. There's been a lot of since I got here. Come on, man. Hey, I'm, I'm just interested to see how the 49ers uh, defense attacks uh, this Lions offense because Jared Goff arguably has the best offensive line in the NFL, and uh, this is the San Francisco 49ers defense that's you know top 10 in almost every category. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out. But I want to switch to the AFC side of the ball. The, the Ravens are a, a three and a half point. They have, so the spread is at three and a half for the Ravens right now. And just looking at that Ravens chief matchup, like how do you see that playing out uh, just from that perspective? Look at Lamar Jackson's second half. Mm. That's all I got to say. Lamar Jackson took that game over. Um, and I think the Ravens win uh, last week. I picked the chiefs to go to Buffalo and win that game just because, yes, Patrick Mahomes is on the road, but it's hard to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. That being said, the Ravens' defense has been phenomenal. They made C.J. Stroud, who's had probably – he's probably going to win Rookie of the Year. He did not look that great overall against that Ravens' defense, but it it all starts and stops with Lamar Jackson, and I do not see a way um, that he has stopped in this type of football game with all he's generated this season. That's fair. That's very fair. Um, I, I thought you were going to say something about Dalvin Cook. I mean, we saw like a, a rare sighting <laughs> of an explosive Dalvin Cook again. I, it, it's just so tough for me to pick a team right now because I don't want to pick the Lions simply because they're in our division. But at the same time, it's, you know, do you want Taylor Swift to be in the Super Bowl? Yes. Or do you want Lamar Jackson, who is the future of the NFL in the Super Bowl? <laughs> so I, it, it's it's... Just yeah. for the record, I've not brought up Taylor Swift on the podcast. That was Gabe. Yeah, that, that was – I feel like I speak for a lot of people when I bring up Taylor Swift. Let Taylor have a good time. Hey, I'm, I'm all for it. It's good for the NFL, you ask me. It is. It is. Creating a whole new audience. Hobie, uh, just in general, you know, the idea of being able to 
go to this kind of event and be able to, you know, kind of watch this from afar, I guess, for you being able to cover it, what does it mean as far as a, a moment in your career and kind of the way you're, you're looking at it? As much as it's a great opportunity for the Lions, it's a great opportunity for us uh, to see something that hasn't been done in 30 years or for any sports fan for that matter and to have a front row seat to it. I'm unbelievably appreciative. That's probably my biggest thing. And also here in Michigan, I mean, we hadn't seen uh, Michigan win a national championship in football since 1997. Wow. And they did it this year. So we're getting to see a lot of things here that haven't been done in a very long time. And that is not lost on me. Um, even though I did not grow up here, I'm not technically from here. We have a lot of family here. Um, it's not lost on me, just the gravity of uh, of this opportunity. And uh, it's something I will carry with me for the rest of my career, that's for sure. Well, Hobie, we, we're glad that Minnesota is a part of your career also. We miss you here. but Absolutely. Also happy to see what you're doing now with your career and being able to enjoy this opportunity with, with I guess, this historic run that this Detroit Lions team is on right now. So appreciate you joining our podcast today, and best of luck going forward. I appreciate it. Hopefully I can talk to you guys in, uh, in another couple of weeks, too. <laughs> Let's do it. Yep. Let's do it. I want to hear all about it. Sounds good. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Man, always good talking to Hobie R.T. Best of luck with him going forward. This is an, an exciting time of the year for him and the Detroit Lions. But as we wrap this show, uh, this is going to be a fun time for this Minnesota Vikings team as they gear up for uh, Pro Bowl, Senior Bowl, Combine, and so on and so forth. And uh, as we move forward, Jay, what are some things that you're looking forward to? I think on my end, I think we've all kind of – worked our way currently into the off season. I think you've got to, everyone always, the question that always comes up is, so what are you doing in the off season? You know, what's going on? And yep. it really is kind of crazy to think that within what, five, six weeks at this point, we'll already be talking combine. So, um, you know, this kind of stuff never, never waits for us. And yep. I think for a lot of us, it just turns into quick, catch your breath and then get ready for that. I think there's always the, you know, the hope and the the fun of what's coming for the combine, um, especially with the amount of talent that's going to be out there. And, you know, some like, like Hobie mentioned, some of the questions that are going to be left on this roster to try to figure out. So I think fans at this point are, are really paying attention to kind of, you know, what's the next phase here for the Vikings. And I think we're all kind of looking forward to getting that going now that, you know, we are in the off season. Yeah. I mean, I sat back and I was like, I think I might've been in bed. I was just like, Oh, I gotta get up. This is fun. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, I was like, so it's the end of January. We're going to know more about these contract situations, these free agency in like a month and a half. Exactly. Yeah. It's just kind of crazy how it just kind of creeps up on you. Like you think, okay, it's the off season and I've got a little bit of extra time. And then you're like, wait a second. Yeah. Combine's the cycle coming begins. up in like a month. We've got free agency right after that it's like so it, it really is it's just like non-stop like you said well even on nfl honors is coming yet yeah. I, I think we'll probably have some you know some people that are in the mix in some of those different categories um you see out in las vegas right now all the the kind of the whipped cream and cherry on top that they're throwing onto the rest of the city to get it ready for that i saw that they were turning the mirage volcano into some sort of a mountain type thing like it's just there's craziness going on in las vegas really? right now that they're just setting things up to have as crazy as a city as it is and the, the party that they have, I what think. What would be the, the theme of the mountain? I have no idea. Okay. So that's the thing. Like, even people in Las Vegas <laughs> are going, what the heck is going on right now? But I, I Do think, you think there are, like, promotional opportunities? Possibly. Like, maybe someone's like, hey, so we're the XYZ company, and we'd like to use your pyramid to make a mountain? 
Well, like like the the <gasps> Coors Lux- Light. Well, tap the Rocky. So, but like the thing on my end is is <laughs> your own your own brand. I mean, they, your own brand. Always. They turn they turn the Luxor into a giant Dorito. They've they've gone through. What? Yes, they've they've. If you go look at the Luxor, okay, hotel I gotta right go now, online yeah. and like Google this. But <laughs> in general, Las Vegas is just kind of you know getting ready for the ultimate party, uh, Super Bowl weekend. I can't imagine the crazy stories that are going to come out for that weekend. But I'm looking forward to just kind of seeing how the NFC and AFC championship shake out. We'll yeah. finally be able to figure out who's going to be uh, going towards the the ultimate title. And um, you know, for me, I, I I guess what I look at the most at this time of year is. If you're not in the big dance, then there's always the promise of tomorrow and getting that going and just kind of being able to start really honing in on who, you know, the public thinks we're going to get, uh, the whatever happens in free agency. But then, you know, everyone kind of starts to pick their favorites and, and play uh, a sports prognosticator. Yeah. And I'm just looking forward to having another fun offseason to try to uh, see how we can get this team better and, and get some more wins next season. That's the ultimate goal as this process re-begins for this Minnesota Vikings team. I'm sure there are a few people on breaks right now until the season, uh, until the offseason, I guess, reads up after the Super Bowl. But this is an exciting time, but also a time to look at other teams and see what they're doing well and kind of take some notes and see how the Vikings can improve going forward. But Vikings fans, as we close today's show, uh, winter solstice, um, that is going on right now at TCO Stadium, inside TCO Stadium. You can come uh, between now and February 25th if you want to be a part of that. Uh, just a fun time. Bring your ice skates. Bring your, your cold gear. You can I mean, also rent skates. Can you rent skates? Yes, you can for rent skates. $5. Okay. I Sounds believe. awesome. Yeah, I, I rented them. They were great. Not much of an ice skater, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, you gave it a go. But yeah. Well, as we close today's show, we want to thank all of our viewers for tuning in, especially Hobie RT for joining us and making the show a show. And for Tatum Everett, Jay Nelson, and our producer, Eric Davidson, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you guys again for tuning into the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi. 87% of our food comes from rural America. Farmers are incredible. Agriculture is incredible. And rural is incredible. Lando Lakes is a farmer-owned cooperative and proud official sponsor of the Minnesota Vikings. Say hello to flawlessly smooth skin at Pure Lux Med Spa, the preferred med spa of the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders. Specializing in elite laser hair removal, body contouring, Botox, cosmetic filter, and age-defying skin care treatments such as Diamond Glow and Skin Pen for collagen induction therapy. For more information, visit MyPureLux.com backslash Vikings for exclusive offers to Vikings fans. That's www.mypurelux.com backslash Vikings.